We're grateful for everybody that tunes in to the CEOAF podcast and continues to help us just raise the vibration of the planet. That's what we're here to do. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Becoming CEOAF podcast. I'm your host, Kimba Garcia. And I'm your co-host, Amanda Bell. And today we have one of my favorite people on social media, Miss Tiffany Toombs here with us today. Hi, Tiff. Hello. I'm super excited to be here. So a couple little things about Tiffany before we just jump into the meat of this podcast, right? Tiffany is one of the first people that I started following in the NLP world, which um, I shared with her that I got certified into about a year ago. So I really enjoy Tiffany's content in NLP because you have more experience in it than I do, and it's what you do full time. But I find the study of neurolinguistic programming to just be absolutely wonderful and something that should be more widespread and talked about more. So I really appreciate the content that you put out on it, Tiff. Um, But would you mind just kind of sharing with the listeners out there a little bit about you, your background, and then how you got started in NLP? Yeah, so I actually have an exercise science degree. I was like convinced I was going to be a sports therapist. I didn't realize at that time like just how much mindset work I was already doing with the athletes that I worked with. Um, So it was an easy segue. But that took me, after I finished my degree, that took me to Australia. I was working for baseball and Australian rules rugby teams, uh, Australian rules football teams down there. And um, that's when my trauma kind of hit me. So growing up, I had two very different lives. My mom left my biological dad when I was three months Uh, He was emotionally abusive to her, so it was a good move. She met my stepdad or my now dad when I was six months old, and that side of my life was amazing. Um, But I, my biological dad met a woman who was a domestic violence survivor, and she actually became my abuser. So I would get locked in closets. I'd get burned with curling irons. She told me for years that strangers hated blonde-haired, blue-eyed girls and would kill them if they saw them. Wow. One day she drove me to the outskirts of the city I'm from and told me to get out. She was going to leave me there for a stranger to come and find. So I had a lot of this trauma, but I didn't, I didn't know it was trauma. And I never talked about it with anybody because it was kind of like when I went back to my parents and my brothers, it was like the dirty family secret. We just weren't allowed to talk about it. Like my brothers didn't even know I had a different dad until my 21st birthday. That's how like not talked about it was. So I just did what most people in society do. And I just shoved it down and I repressed it. And I became an overachieving, people-pleasing perfectionist uh, with high stress levels, social anxiety, like, you know, all the things. Um, And when I was living in Australia, on the day I found out I was pregnant, I found out that my boyfriend at the time had a girlfriend in another state. And everything just started crumbling. Like I had been living my life in this perfectly placed house of cards and every card just came tumbling down it turns out he was a compulsive liar and had lied about like even the littlest things like that he had been saving money for us to buy a house like just lied about everything um i then ended up having a miscarriage but i hadn't told anybody i was pregnant because i was so humiliated and embarrassed that an intelligent woman like myself could be you know duped by uh by a guy so I didn't tell anybody about the miscarriage. And that kind of brought me to my knees, honestly. Like there was a point where I had mentally committed to stepping out in front of a taxi just to end my pain because I couldn't figure out any way to get it to stop. Um, 
And I kind of realized in that moment, like, if I don't start fixing all of this stuff that I've been hiding, I'm not, I'm not going to make it. And so I started with talk therapy, um, which was only effective in helping me see, like, to define what I had experienced as abuse. That was really the only thing I got from that. And I think that's common for people. And what we can talk about why um, later on, knowing what I know now, uh, talk therapy is great for people to get started, but it's not necessarily going to be the thing that like heals the root of the problem for most people. When you say, um, real quick, Tiff, when you say talk therapy, are we talking traditional therapy, the traditional therapist? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like I went there, shared my story. She made a lot of really like, unhelpful comments like, oh, I'm surprised you're so well adjusted with all you've been through. And I'm like, I know that's meant to be encouraging, but it's really not like that doesn't really make me feel any better. I know that doesn't make me feel any better about what I've been through uh, in my life. And it doesn't make me feel good about like, you know, needing needing help and needing therapy. Um, And so then I went to like the rah-rah motivational events. I, I haven't, I hadn't, it wasn't Tony Robbins at the time, but that kind of, you know, the high fives, the hugs, the loud music, the bright lights. I hired life coach after life coach. And I just kept hearing how we can't heal the past. Like we can't fix the past. We just have to accept it for what it is. And, um, you know, we just have to focus on the future. And I was like, I literally did that for 28 years and it almost killed me. And I have no desire to go back to that. So that's when I kind of super randomly stumbled upon NLP. I wasn't very hopeful, to be honest. I was just like, okay, well, I'll try it. But, you know, this is probably going to waste my time and money just like everything else has. But, you know, last ditch effort. Um, And then a branch of NLP called Matrix Therapies. And it was a game changer for me. Like it completely transformed my life. Um, And then I discovered that I actually had a passion for it and a talent for it. I had taken some psychology classes with my degree. So I kind of knew that, you know, I was interested in psychology a little bit. Um, And so I've been coaching ever since and helping people heal their emotional baggage and trauma and realize, you know, the reasons that they've been holding themselves back that maybe they didn't know of before. Well, I absolutely love all of that, sister. So originally you jumped into NLP and used it to start working through some of your own stuff, saw that that was an effective way, an effective effective form of therapy, if you will. And then, so then you found a passion to start working with other people on dealing with it now. So that's the Tiffany that I now know today is the one that's helping other people through this journey. In fact, a lot of that story you just shared, that was my first time to ever hear it. I had no yeah. idea. Yeah, I mean, I do share my story, you know, in certain like snippets on sure. different stages and podcasts and whatnot. But, you know, most people don't realize that like my life is a living, breathing example of what can happen. Like literally, um, you know, broke and going from toxic relationship to toxic relationship, toxic friendship. Like when I was living in Australia, my best friend, he, who was also my business partner, was a narcissist like would tell me the lies that he was saying to his wife. And I was so deluded to be like, he would never do it to me. We're best friends, you know? And like, just, I had so much toxicity in every area of my life. And it was all 100% a reflection of the trauma that I'd experienced, the beliefs that were created in that trauma, the not good enough, the unworthiness, the I'm not lovable. And so if somebody's going to give me attention, then I need to take it because I don't know when I'm going to get it again, like all of those pieces. Um, and so 
you know, to where I am now running a multi six figure coaching business in relationship with a man who supports me uh, and all of my crazy dreams. Got an eight month old uh, who we were talking about before we started recording is super chill because I have the tools to regulate myself. Um, So even, you know, at his worst when he's, you know, teething now and going through clingy phases and whatnot, he's still super chill. Um, You know, moving to the Smoky Mountains, like every aspect of my life now I wouldn't have if I hadn't found NLP and done the healing that I've done. Tiffany, what would you say some of those tools are that you used today or even when you were pregnant with him? You have the tools today to now regulate yourself. What are some of those tools? So what most people don't realize is that their nervous system, because of the way society is, like society promotes this hustle and grind, right? And so most of us live in a state of survival mode or fight or flight. I call it stress addiction. Like when we break down the physiology of it, our bodies are literally addicted to stress hormones. And this is why people chase chaos or they chase drama or they procrastinate or they ignore red flags in relationships is because unconsciously it gives them that hit of stress hormones that they need when the crap hits the fan. And so for me, when I was pregnant, um, you know, I said at the beginning, I thought that the life with my stepdad and my biological mom was great, but I didn't realize that they were both emotionally immature parents. Um, And there was a lot of things like the silent treatment and how we show love in my family is like jokes directed kind of like arrows to like hit and hurt the other person And then when you get upset, it's like, I'm up, you know, that comment really upset me. And then it's, oh, take a joke. So there's a lot of gaslighting and things like that as well. And a lot of that came up during my pregnancy. There was a lot of just really mean comments made during my pregnancy. And I was just like, you know what, I'm not going to normalize this for my son. So I would say like the most important one that I used was my ability to set boundaries and be okay if my parents decided not to be part of my life anymore. Um, since I set those boundaries, I have not heard from my brothers. It has for the, for the worse, changed my relationship with my stepdad. Uh, my mom was the only one at the time who was willing to have a conversation and to hear like, here's where things need to change. And I don't want to repeat these patterns in my family for my kids. So that would probably be the most important one was being able to hold those boundaries, despite the silent treatment, despite like the four-on-one situation and the emotional blackmail that happened and everything was to be able to say, no, you know what, Mm -hmm. this is not an okay pattern and I'm not going to okay it for my child. And if that's a problem for you, then that's okay. You just don't need to be in my life. Um, I did a lot of meditating and uh, breath work just to calm, to to, uh, calm my cortisol levels, my hormone levels, because he's when he's in my belly, he's connected to my blood supply. So if I have stress hormones being pumped through my body, then he's getting them pumped through his body as well. So I was very intentional about um, taking on less clients while I was pregnant. And the clients that I did work with who had a lot of trauma, I made sure I had extra self care time before and after their sessions just to kind of like release any of the energy and protect myself from taking on any of their energy so that it wouldn't really stress hormones in my body and impact him. And I mean, I'm so glad we did because, you know, he's been sleeping through the night since four months. He is, like I said, super chill. He plays independently. Um, Even at his fussiest phases, he's like super chill. Oh, I love that 
so much. I also absolutely love how you were able to set the boundaries for yourself and know that they were non-negotiable. I think that um, I think that that's a beautiful thing that can happen. And when we realize that setting those boundaries don't have to be good or bad or right or wrong or any of the things, they can just be my boundaries mm-hmm. and be left yeah. at that. I think that that's a perfect place to start. I also love that you meditated. I feel like he's, I'm going to, I'm going to have to call him like our meditation baby now. (laughs) All right. You're our meditation baby. You're living, breathing proof that this is what happens. We're sleeping at four months old. We're playing consistently by ourselves. We're doing all the baby things that are perfect and beautiful. Like he is. (laughs) Yeah. Well, like, and he'll still watch it. Like me and my husband sat down when I was pregnant and I said, what are the things we want to normalize for him in his life that maybe we didn't get? And it was things like we want, you know, we want our bodies to be loved. So I never want him to hear me talk about my body as a negative, right? Like, oh, I'm overweight or, oh, I'm this, but like, how can I nourish my body more? So exercise is a thing of love, not a thing of punishment for the body. We love our bodies and what it can do for us. We nourish our body with movement and with mobility exercises. Um, How can we show him, you know, meditation and mindfulness practices as part of like, a normal self-care routine yeah you want to tell everybody as part of a normal self-care routine how to, how does that look so he'll watch us meditate in the mornings we'll put him in his little play area we'll sit next to him or we'll take turns uh going off to meditate um there's a, a breathing exercise i do i'll share it with everybody basically when you're feeling like overwhelmed or anxious if you take a deep breath in and then you puff out your cheeks so you go like and then just kind of soften your lips and make a sound on the way out, then it activates the vagus nerve, which moves you from the fight or flight nervous system to the rest and digest nervous system. So it looks like this. And I'll do it sometimes and he'll like make the noise with me. And, you know, he's, he's learning this nervous system regulation from like four months old so that when he starts having these big emotions, it won't be such a big, deal for him to turn to breathing exercises and things like that to help him manage it. Um, and so, yeah, we, we really were very intentional about that. And part of our move to the Smoky Mountains as well is like, we want him to have, you know, a relationship with nature and find nature like replenishing and rejuvenating and know, you know, that it's okay to get your hands dirty and to be with the earth. We're a little bit hippie like that, but that's okay. Um, and so we want that to be normal for him as well. Tiff, you said something a second ago um, that I wanted to just loop back to really quick. And you were talking about the boundaries that you have to set. And that has set with me um, through the rest of these stories, just because I know how many people out there, I know how many of our clients that we talk to on a regular basis truly do, for lack of a better term, struggle with setting boundaries and what that truly looks like. So what is your advice to people out there that are finding themselves surrounded by toxicity maybe even toxicity that they've self-manifested due to holding on to energy that should be released, right? And and starting to, because the first thing is you find the awareness to, holy shit, I'm surrounded by toxicity, to then you have to start building in those boundaries. What advice do you give people that are going through that same journey right now with having to build those walls around their self to protect themselves moving forward? So the first thing is like, especially if it's with family, like the cycle breaker in the family is always going to be seen as the bad guy because you're the one that's challenging the norms, right? And whenever the norms get challenged or people's belief systems get challenged, it puts the people 
who have those beliefs still, it puts them into fight or flight. Like all we have to do is look at what happened during the pandemic and how people responded on both sides of the aisle, right? People got so fired up and like name calling and all of this stuff. And it's because their belief systems were being challenged and it put them into a state of fight or flight. So you have to be willing to know that any comments that are made about you, even though they're being made about you, and I was called selfish and I've been called all of these names by my family over the years. And it's just because I'm challenging the norms, right? My family is a lower middle class, blue collar family. And I was the one who went to college and I was the first one to make over six figures and then multi six figures and have my own successful business. I mean, even when I started my coaching business, my dad was like, you'd make a really great receptionist. And so over the years, as we've made more and more money, we've been called materialistic and like greedy and all these other negative terms so many times. And I'm like, it's interesting because we have one vehicle. We don't even have a TV. We don't own a TV. Um, we do have a projection screen that we use for business that we'll hook our laptops up to if we really want to watch something. Um, you know, we our computers are super old just because I hate the transferring of data over. So I will wait until my laptop absolutely dies before I replace it. But my family, like, you know, my brother's sitting here like, you're super materialistic and you're so greedy. On the same year that he bought a brand new truck, his wife got a brand new Jeep. They bought like an RV. They bought a new TV. Like they update their phones every year. Like they're the ones always buying stuff, right? But we make the money. And so we're seen as like the negative thing. So when it comes to the setting boundaries and the cycle breaking, I think the most important thing for people to know is whatever they say about you is not actually about you. And it's their fight or flight talking. They're fighting basically their ego feels like it's about to die. And so they feel like this is a battle to the death. And so they're going to do whatever they have to do. When you first start setting boundaries, if you're like me and you went from being a total doormat people pleaser, what happens is when we've been on one side of the spectrum for so long, we tend to naturally swing to the far extreme in order to find the middle. So for me, when I first started setting boundaries, I was a complete bitch about it. Like I was super aggressive. I had to get super angry in order to be able to set boundaries to the point, you know, when you get so angry, you're like shaking. Mm -hmm. I had to get that angry in order to be able to set a boundary. And then I was super aggressive, usually like raising my voice and yelling because that was the only way that I could set the boundary. But now because I, you know, I just started setting boundaries, I've come back and I've found the middle ground and I do have a hot temper. So I will take some space first and I'll just say time out. I can't have this conversation right now. I need to distance myself from you, whatever it is. I'll physically create space um, so that they can't say things that will keep triggering my temper. Mm -hmm. And then when I'm ready to have the conversation for me personally, this is what works. I find it's easier for me to stay on track and to uh, have my thoughts in order if I either make notes or make dot points. And I'll just go through them. I'll say, you know what? This is the behavior that doesn't work for me. And they don't have to understand why. You don't owe them a justification. Like, I don't have to justify to my family why I don't want them just teasing him instead of saying I love you. Because in my family, like growing up, I never heard I love you. It was just constant like jabs. And they're like, oh, that's how we, that's how we show our love. And I'm like, how about you just tell me? 
how about you spend time with me or take an interest in the things that I'm interested in? Because we know that like studies show that's actually what builds attachment and connection and love as opposed to, well, I'm just going to make fun of you and like come at your, you know, most sensitive topics. And I'm going to tease you about those. And that's me loving you. Right. So you don't have to justify it to anybody. Um, why this is your boundary. You can just say, look, this is my boundary and this is what it is. I don't owe you a justification and this is the boundary. Now you do have to know going in what the consequences will be. And not every consequence will require you moving somebody, removing somebody from your life, but it might. And if that's the consequence of somebody disrespecting or violating your boundaries, you also have to be willing to see that through. Now, for my family, like I grew up with the belief that family is everything, right? That's what we heard. Blood is thicker than water. Family is everything. We're the ones who are always going to be here for you at the end of the day. So you don't want to push us away too much. That's what I heard. And so there was times where I knew for probably two or three years leading up to the point that I set the boundary, that there would be a point where I would have to be willing to set that boundary and let my family go. And so I kind of I kind of grieved the loss of the relationship before it even happened. And I think that made it easier for me to do it. Um, not to say that it doesn't still hurt, but it does. And then, you know, set the boundary and let them have whatever reaction they have. They might need some time to process. That doesn't make them a bad person. Um, they might get angry. Again, this it's their fight or flight talking. So don't take anything that they say personally during that time. But, you know, if they do start being aggressive or being nasty, then just say, look, when you're ready to have a conversation about it, a calm conversation, then we can. But until then, I'm I, like, I don't have to sit here and be called names. So those would be the most important parts of setting a boundary, I would say. I love that you brought up the term ego, because I think that that's something in our society that almost has a negative connotation to it, yet everyone has one. And the purpose yeah. of our ego is to protect us. So I love yeah. how you brought awareness to that, because so often when people's ego feels attacked um, and the ego's job is to protect us, we do go straight. We see people go straight into that fight or flight mode, go into defense and for me, it's been really beautiful for me to find that. I call it the happy place between the yin and the yang, um, samadhi, the even Tao, if you will. But that, that beautiful place where I can really easily fall into a place where I'm like, it is what it is. I do know what my boundaries are and I know what I align with and I know what I don't align with. And for me, that's really crystal clear. So I'm able to go into situations in advance knowing what my boundaries are and I'm able to very easily identify what the triggers are going to be because I already I'm very familiar and aligned with my boundaries going into relationships now. And I do think that that is something that um, I just I just love you sharing your personal story on all of that, because I know so many people out there do struggle with feeling bad when they set a boundary or being fearful over what you call the consequences of that will be. And I know that um, before pushing into my own self work and connecting to myself source and nature, uh, which I love that we're normalizing for the baby, that was challenging for me too. Um, and so I absolutely love that we've got to bring awareness to the fact everybody has an ego. It's your it's it's the ego's job um, to protect us. And when you stand up in the family and become, you used a term that I just love. You call it a cycle breaker, right? And we do see generations of families going through the same type of shit, the same language patterns, the same activity patterns, the same what they call their love pattern or lack thereof. 
And at some point, somebody does have to pull the e-brake and say, not anymore and not not with my family, not with my kids. And for in your family, that's been you. And you've endured the consequences with it. But can we talk about um, maybe the gratitude and the peace that that's brought since you have set that hard boundary in your life? Yeah, and I will just say like, it's not been easy setting that boundary. And I think the more personal healing work you do, the easier it's going to become for you to set any boundary because I had a deep abandonment wound. And like going into setting this boundary, I was like, I'm literally risking my greatest fear that my family will abandon me. But what we have to realize um, with these childhood wounds, like, and there's five main ones, um, abandonment, betrayal, rejection, injustice, which is like the it's not fair and humiliation is that oftentimes when we avoid getting these things from others. So I was avoiding being abandoned by others, but in the process, we do it to ourselves. And so I was abandoning myself or betraying myself and my needs to please other people to keep them in my life. And what I've really learned is that when just like anything, you have to clear space with the old for the new to come in. And so you know, I'm from Canada. So I always use like the winter clothes analogy. If my closet is stuffed full of like these big, bulky, bulky winter clothes that make me look like the marshmallow man, but then spring comes along and I buy a whole new wardrobe, I don't have anywhere to put it. Right. And nature abhors a vacuum. And so it can't bring in the people who are going to love you and support you if you're not willing to create the space for it. So we have to be willing to let go of people. And sometimes it is forever. And sometimes it's just for a season. Right. Like my dad didn't talk to me for my entire pregnancy. But then when my son was born, our relationship's still not back to where it was. But it's back right there you know, we loosely talk now Mm -hmm. where we didn't talk for like nine months. And so we have to be willing to let go knowing that it could be forever, but they might make their way back in. And pain is people's greatest catalyst for change. And so sometimes Mm -hmm. setting that boundary and following through on the consequence is going to bring them the pain that they need to do their own inner work. It made my mom face some of her uh, patterns that she had repeated from her mom, um, when I set that boundary. And so that was the pain that she needed, you know, knowing that she was essentially the reason that her kids were no longer talking to, to look at herself and decide to make some change there in terms of like the piece, I used to get such anxiety about most things in my life. And I didn't realize until I set that boundary just how much I'd been holding myself back financially. So in my business, I mean, we do multiple six figures. I make what every one of my family members combined makes in a year and probably then some. Um, And even though I don't talk about it with my family, it's like energetically, they know it's like almost like they can sniff it out. Because every time we made a change in our life, we moved from like a downtown high rise in Dallas to the lake. Uh, We moved from a 13 square foot, 100 square foot apartment to a 2,500 square foot uh, house. And even though the house was less rent, my dad was still like, oh, how dare you? That's too big. How dare you hire movers? How dare you hire a cleaner? I raised you better than this. Like all of these little things, right? And um, it's... uh, And then he just wouldn't talk to me for six weeks. And so I had all of this anxiety 
around, well, if I make even more money, and all of this was unconscious, by the way, I didn't even become aware of this, and I'm trained in NLP. Sorry. I didn't even become aware of this until I set this boundary with them, was that I would hold myself back because I just, it was easier to just, you know, make a couple hundred grand and not fully achieve our goals than it was to like go through this constant roller coaster of my family, not talking to me for six weeks or like the little jabs and the little comments. And it was like, every time I'd get a message from one of my family members or a phone call, it was like this anxiety of like, what have I done? I've told them countless times, nothing on my social media, unless I'm directly saying, Hey, this happened to me. If I'm posting like, a motivational quote or I'm posting about like setting boundaries. I'm not throwing jabs or shade at anybody, right? Like I don't air my dirty laundry on social media. I use my social media to educate and entertain people when it comes to their mindset. And I would put up posts about boundaries or about breaking family cycles and they would reach out even though I told them it's not about them, they'd be like, how dare you post this about me? And I was like, look, if you're triggered by what I'm posting, maybe you should look into that because I didn't write it about you, but if it's striking a nerve, you might want to look at it. Mm -hmm. And so like, I don't have that anxiety anymore. I don't have to hold myself back and be like, well, I don't want to go all in on the launch of this new program because if we have a five figure launch or a six figure launch, how, you know, what's my family going to say? I don't want to deal with the blowback from that. And then that was creating issues with my husband, who's my business partner, or he's like getting pissed off that I wasn't being as consistent as I could be, right? Yeah. Like the last couple of years, honestly, I've shown up consistently maybe four months out of 12 in my business and we do multiple six figures. And so he was like, if you would just show up consistently, we could be at seven and we could have all of these things that we want to have. And I was like, yeah, I just you know, whatever. And so it was creating issues in my relationship as well. So like just having that like peace and space to breathe is nice. And, you know, my circle has shrunk, but I'm, I think the more healing that you do as well, the more you're like, I don't need a lot of people around me. I just need quality people around me. Um, and that feels a lot better. I'll tell you, Tiff, Robbie and I consider ourselves to be the cycle breakers and in our family as well through multiple different multiple different facets, if you will. And so your story just resonated with me so heavily because we cut out some family members um, about five years ago, I would say now. But after that boundary was created and those family members are no longer in our lives, we didn't have anybody telling us how incapable we were anymore. And so that's really where you started to see our company and our life start to scale and our business become what it is was also because I had gone through, I remember I bought a Jeep about five, five, six years ago. I drove a Jeep. I brought a brand new Jeep. It was like 45 grand. I lifted it, all the things. Um, And I really struggled to buy that Jeep because I was having this feeling in myself of like, who am I to go buy a new car? And I already knew what the family would say about me driving a brand new car that I bought brand new from the lot. And so when I bought my Navigator, between my Jeep and my Navigator, if you will, I had completely shed what I had been holding on to inside of myself. And I remember driving off the lot in that $120,000 black label, like, look at me, bitches. What? Like, <laughs> I had just completely freed the idea of like, what does anybody think about this? And then just last year, I bought my dream car, my Maserati. And I remember driving off the lot in that thing, not giving a flying shit what anybody had to say about it at all. And it felt so great. It felt so great. But I was able to accomplish so much more when I didn't have somebody 
on my back telling me how incapable we are and how this will never work out and why, why are we even trying and like all of these things. So I'm loving your story so much. I mean, that's why I asked the question, like, what have you seen since doing that? Because I know for myself, it's just been nothing but gratitude. And, and truthfully, the people that I put a boundary between, I now have so much compassion for. I have so much compassion for those people because I know that they have not developed the skill sets that you have, right? They don't, they just don't know what they don't know yet. And I'm able to embrace that with so much compassion to say, man, in fact, if you're doing the work, if you're doing the inner work, then, then you're healing and you're growing and you're thriving. And it doesn't seem to me like y'all are, which is why I can't align with you. And I'm able to just even embrace them from such compassion that that's, that's helped heal the pain that I used to have, um, in that section of my life I guess if you will too I like to tell my yeah. family I le- I love you from over here I love you from I'm literally in the middle of splitting up a uh, an LLC removing myself from a business that I went into with my mom and my sister and and they're being a little bit ugly in the whole situation and all the things you know they're a little bit upset and hurt by all the things but the truth is is like I'm, I keep telling them I'm like I'm gonna love you from over here and I promise like there is gonna be a day and a time when we will see a little bit more eye to eye with each other I can see that coming it's just not today so I love you so much from over here I just can't go back over there with you guys okay <laughs> I'll be I'll be back I love you yeah, yeah. and like I think the people listening like when you start setting these boundaries like you'll become aware of little jabs that were made that you didn't even know, right? Like mm-hmm. my dad would be like, wait, you charge how much? And like, it doesn't seem like a big deal. Maybe it's his money beliefs coming up, but there's like an yeah. element of like, are you even worthy of that? Like, how dare you, you know, ask for that? That's greedy. Like it perpetuated all these money beliefs that I grew up with. Um, when I was pregnant, I changed my my calendar time so nobody could book in with me before 10 And I got like this huge wave of guilt and like, you know, feeling lazy. And I realized I grew up with a dad who told me that if I wasn't working by seven, then I, you know, I'd wasted half the day and I was lazy. And that was the worst thing you could be called in my house. Um, And even like when I was changing my health over, like, and this was 10 years ago that I was doing this going organic, you know, filtered water, removing fluoride, heavy metals, all of that stuff. My mom called me one day and made a comment like, you're going to feel really stupid dying in a hospital bed of nothing one day. And I was like, I don't even know what that means, but it's just like, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't either. I don't, but it's like these little comments. It's like this death by a thousand cuts, right? That like <sighs> over time, it just, it's like each one of those comments is like a tether, like pulling you back mm-hmm. as you're attempting to move forward. And I think what people don't realize is when you're trying to move forward, but you have all of like this lifetime of comments and all these like ropes, like pulling you back, it's no wonder people are so exhausted trying to move forward. And, you know, like it's so exhausting, just amping yourself up to do the thing that you want to do for the day, because it's like, you're working against all of this stuff back here. But when you finally cut free of that, like, you know, we're making, we're on track to have our best year ever. We haven't even gone through our launches yet, but just what we've done this year. And I work like a a quarter of the amount that I used to. Mm -hmm. I spend most of my time with my son. Uh, The ideas come, I can delegate easier as well. Like I used to feel guilty delegating to our team. We would be paying them every week, full-time rates, but I wouldn't delegate anything to them because I felt like I was being lazy because of all this programming. And so when you start to set those boundaries and you start to like heal those old patterns and like realize the family patterns that have been holding you back, 
like the the speed at which your life moves forward with is insane and the amount of people that you're able to help along the way because of how much you've already been through gone through and seen the other side in i bet is in, i bet it's crazy crazy great that's um, one of the things we say when we heal ourselves we heal others yeah and we like to call those uh those paper cuts so you said when they're taking these jabs and it's like these little these little cuts we call them paper cuts and Kimba says all the time she's like sister I'm not willing to bleed from a million paper cuts I'm not gonna do it I'm not gonna bleed out from a million paper cuts not happening I'm like all right I hear you (laughs) so Tiff what does it look like you know when you're working with your clients right if somebody was gonna come to you and they're like well that's how I feel million paper cuts right (laughs) definitely need to start working on my programming what does it look like when they when they contact you and you guys start that journey off together I know you have multiple programs that you do and in ways that you work with clients Um, what is the way one of the things that you're seeing the most success as it pertains to what we're talking about regulating your nervous system being able to set healthy boundaries what is it what is the beginning of that process typically look like for people working with you through that so regardless of if somebody does like private coaching or one of our group programs, I do an onboarding call with them just so that I have an understanding of, you know, what's to come. And then when we do the, if it's a group program, I can say, you know, as a collective, we're working on, you know, we're doing a guided healing session on, you know, clearing the mom wounds today. Um, but I think maybe you should do your sister. Like I've got a group program going right now where I said, I think you should do your sister instead of your mom because she was a more negative feminine influence for you. Um, and so then, you know, I can direct people in that way. If we're working together one-on-one, then we will start with some nervous system work. I want to make sure that we have a little bit of, I always think of the nervous system kind of like a trash can and your nervous system, unfortunately doesn't hold on to all the good. It just hangs on to all the negative. And so most of us, our trash cans like overflowing before we even hit adulthood. And so what I want to do is create a little bit of space in that trash can so that when we start clearing, you've got a little room for things to kind of like splash around in there so that you can deal with it. Um, So I'll introduce like a nervous system routine that I get them to do daily and then some exercises to do when like stress or anxiety or overwhelm come up in the day to day so that they can navigate that. And then we'll just put together a plan. Uh, Pre-COVID, I used to start with the most toxic parent and we would work on healing them first and then kind of start to pick all the other people out. Um, But because of COVID and that elevating people's stress levels so much, we actually start with a lesser uh, negative influence. So like a bully from school, as long as it wasn't too major or like a friend who let you down or something like that just to kind of prime the nervous system to get ready for the technique and to understand the technique. And then we'll just, we really just work through it one piece at a time. Um, We have the flexibility where, you know, if your body's taking a little bit longer to process an emotion one, one week, then we can pull back a little bit. We can do a little bit more nervous system work. Um, You know, with women, I also work with them to do some balancing of like their estrogen levels and we do this all naturally um, because estrogen for women is a stress hormone and it can create a whole bunch of other issues with our cycles and whatnot. Um, we'll look at, you know, simple lifestyle changes that you might need to make just to help support the work that we're doing. And then we just work through it one piece at a time. 
I love that. And you you told us before we jumped on the recording today that you that you and Sid have recently split the business up into two sections. So what are those what are those two sections? Yeah. So before, I think partly because there was like all the jokes, you know, in the marketing space about the coaches who teach coaches how to coach to coach, blah, 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 Yeah. Um, that I didn't, even though I certify people in NLP and in the hypnosis techniques that I use, I didn't want to be another coach, coaching coaches, how to coach coaches. Um, (laughs) So I was just trying to like cram everybody who wanted to be a coach and learn the techniques and everybody who wanted to heal into one program. And so now we've split that. So we've got the healing pathway for the people who are like, I don't care about the certification. I don't want to coach other people. I don't want to help other people with their stuff. I just want to heal myself and like be the best for my family or for my team or whatever. Um, So we've got the healing programs and then we've got the certification school, which is launching in April. Um, And that's where you're still going to heal yourself in that pathway, but you're actually going to get certified in the techniques um, and you're going to get some help with starting your coaching business so that you can go out and have an impact on the world. Oh, I just absolutely love that girl. I do too. That is super beautiful. I have to plug in here one time. So I had um, I had a person that was on my sales team that I sent over to Tiffany. And I actually did two things because um, he had pretty pretty severe PTSD that he was dealing with at the time. Um, but I sent him down two pathways, uh, what she called the talk therapy, traditional therapy. And I, I said, look, I'm going to, I'm going to pay for whatever you need, right? So if you, we're going to go to therapy, but I also am going to ask you to check out NLP with Tiffany Toombs. And I want you to come back to me and I want you to tell me which one of those is helping you the most. And we'll go down that route. And he did end up choosing to work with Tiff over going to traditional therapy to work through that. And he shared with me that some of the techniques that you had given him through that time that were working really well for him. One of those being grounding and what I call letting the sun lick your skin in the mornings, right? So just like bare feet on the earth, sun licking your skin, filling up with vitamin D, getting that serotonin regulated in the brain to go out and just crush it. Um, So I know, I, I physically firsthand know without doing therapy with you myself as firsthand as you can get outside of that know the work and the impact that you're leaving with your clients which is why I had you on the podcast today because I'm like this sister is out there I mean making moves what movers and shakers right I definitely look at you as a mover and shaker of the world and now as a cycle breaker in your own family and Tiff you have another event coming up pretty soon that honestly if it fit my schedule this month I was going to sign up with you to go it just didn't work out for me because I'm already doing so much traveling this month um, but if you don't mind sharing a little bit about that event and maybe even a little bit, cause I know you're doing it in the Smoky mountains, but you're actually moving to the Smoky mountains. So why that location and a little bit about the event? Yeah. So our long-term goal is, uh, my husband and I is to have a hundred acre ranch in Tennessee, um, and to section it off into different areas. So have a space for uh, women leaving uh, domestic, uh, <laughs> to have a space for women leaving domestic violence situations. We want to have like a whole bunch of tiny homes that these women can come and stay at. They can bring their kids, they can bring their pets, which is one of the reasons that they most commonly don't leave. Um, And they get the support that they need there. They get the healing, they get the job reskilling, they get the financial literacy because money tends to be the other reason why women stay Um, and help them get back on their feet. We want to have a section of the ranch where um, other coaches and healers can run retreats at and bring their clients out to to you know heal be in nature we know that the nature effect really helps break us out of that fight or flight state um and then you know my husband has been through 
the severe depression, anxiety, and suicidal ideations that uh, men experience a lot of. So having a section of the ranch for men to kind of come and reconnect with themselves and and do all of that. So um, we want to do that in the Smoky Mountains because, I mean, the scenery there is amazing and gorgeous. And so, you know, have the hiking trails and everything like that. So we're moving to the Smokies. Um, that's why we're going to run the retreat there as well. Uh, this is the first women's retreat that we're running, and it's called Nourishing the Soul. And it's going to be about releasing the trauma from the mind and body. So I don't want to hate on talk therapy. It's, it is a great place for people to get started. But mm-hmm. the reason that people fail to find long-term change from it is because it's a logical solution to an emotional problem. Mm-hmm. And what we know is that trauma is healed through the body um, and emotionally, not by just understanding like, oh, hey, I had trauma and these were the behaviors that weren't okay in my family. And so we'll be doing some yoga and like Qigong type exercises. We'll be doing some things with food and some other exercises, uh, breath work, things like that to really release trauma and emotional baggage from the mind and body, and then to fill ourselves up. It's March 23rd to 26th. So it's right in alignment with the uh, spring solstice and the March new moon. So it's going to be, you know, those are times that are energetically all about rebirthing. And so that's what we're going to be doing. I love that. So if you don't follow Tiffany on YouTube yet, you should because she puts out a ton of really great guided meditations. In fact, I have found myself outside under a full moon to your voice a few times by now. Um, And those meditations are always super great. So you guys have got to go over and follow her on all the social media platforms, but specifically, I like to follow her on YouTube and Facebook are my favorite too. But you're also all over TikTok nowadays, girl. Like your TikToks have been fire lately too. Thank I'm like, you. she's yeah, like I, sectioning I this. TikTok. She's like educating people on NLP and how to deal with regulate, like self-regulation in a minute, like a one minute clip on TikTok. It's been super fun. <laughs> I love that. Super fun to watch. So Tiff, will you let everybody know, girl, I guess I just kind of said a few of them, but um, the ways that they can contact you or the ways that they can go about finding out a little bit more about, because I know there's probably a lot, and we didn't really dive into like, what is NLP exactly, right? And I know everybody, do you have like maybe a little clip, like, because I know there's people out, people ask me all the time, like, what's NLP? What does that even mean? Yeah, it's really like the instruction manual to your brain. It's learning, our brains rewire themselves naturally every day. So like, the, po- the brain people had at the beginning of this podcast is different to the brain they have now. Yep. And so we just, NLP allows us to like hack the software so that instead of having to say 5 million affirmations and, you know, do all these funky things to retrain your limiting beliefs, it's okay. Um, to reprogram your limiting beliefs, we can do a 15 minute exercise to reprogram it. And I mean, I've had people who have lost 30 pounds because they can no longer walk down the ice cream aisle because we need. Um, I'm growing teeth and it's not easy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because they can't walk down the ice cream aisle anymore because we reprogrammed their mind to see ice cream and think like dog poop. So it's really like the, the ability to hack into the software of your mind so that you can make changes to long-standing beliefs and long-standing habits very, very quickly. So I used NLP to train myself to not like coffee anymore. So I love that. I literally programmed my mind to dislike coffee. And now even when I want to drink coffee, I can't. I'm like, but um, and so I'll it try works. occasionally and I'll go take a drink and I'm like, Ew. 
Amanda did too. We used to be everyday coffee drinkers and uh, decided we didn't want to do that anymore and, and started going through the reprogramming of the mind around that. So it can be used for anything, right? Trauma, yeah, I, health. I did get somebody to stop smoking cigarettes and it was so effective. They no longer wanted to smoke weed. And they were like, no, I like, I need my weed back. So you need yeah. to undo this. <laughs> you need to like, undo me. For it. <laughs> All right, Tim. So will you tell everybody listening? Um, I'm like, I'm going to give the baby his mommy back. But uh, would you share with the listeners where they can go the best way to connect with you and find out more about not only um, your services as a coach, but also your retreats and the group programs that you have going on? Is there is there somewhere people get pointed back to to find all that information? Uh, if you just connect with me on any of the social platforms, so Facebook, YouTube, TikTok are the ones I'm most commonly on. Uh, if you just reach out to me there, then we can have a chat about what, what you're looking for and I can point you in the right direction. We're just up, updating our website so we don't have one one place to send people right now. Well, that's perfect. Social media is the fun the fun place I like to watch you anyway. So y'all go check out Tiffany Toombs, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. Um, the girl really is you say you're only consistent four out of you were only consistent four out of the twelve months. I'm like, sister, I didn't see you skip a beat. Like you're definitely out there promoting it so y'all go connect with her um and guys if you got anything out of this podcast we did cover so much deep and powerful shit in this one i think i just absolutely enjoyed it so much and if you did too do us a favor share this with your audience with your friends send it to somebody that you know personally in life right now is struggling to set that boundary right we all have people in our lives that are coming to us venting and pain so-and-so is causing me this or that and and it does it seems to be a pattern that doesn't end send them this podcast right like let's get this resource in the hands of the people that truly need it most right now we appreciate you guys for spending a few minutes of your time with us tiff thank you so much thank you Tiffany. i know i'm like i know that she's been juggling the baby while also adding so much value to our listeners so we're super grateful for you today sister thank you for having me absolutely and everybody we will see you guys in the next episode